everyone, and welcome to Girls Like Us, the podcast that begs the question, what does a degree in literature get you? With the answer, a podcast about books for children. Uh, I'm sitting here with the, the beautiful Sophie Kruger. Sophie, how's it going? It's going great. It's happy Pride Month, everybody. Um, uh, this morning, Nick and I went to our local place to get coffee and a, a quick little breakfast, and they brought me my my <laughs> breakfast salad with a pride flag on top of it. Oh, my, they um, knew. Yeah, I was so excited. I was like, this is like, they, it was like so cute. They have these little, like, you know how like sometimes at like a burger restaurant, they'll stick like an American flag. They yeah, made, or they'll be like, like rare or like. Exactly. Little, yeah. Um, they had made little pride flags and so they brought That's them out um, on our food. And I was like, this is exactly the kind of vibe that I'm going for. I kind of had a, a vision the other night and I, and I, maybe I'll execute it. Maybe now that I'm saying it here, I can execute it on on the GLU account, but I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank. And of course the famous yes. phrase of Shark Tank is I'm out. So yeah. <laughs> I would love to Photoshop some of the Shark Tank people saying, saying I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. With like, you know, Lori, whatever, like with like a lesbian flag in the background. That's Honestly, a really good I've idea. I've been loving Shark Tank. Shark Tank's yes. really good. I've not yeah. watched it a lot before this week. Um, So we actually, I'm not going to out this person, but we have <laughs> a, um, we have a mutual friend who actually, uh, who tweets for Shark Tank. <gasps> oh my uh, God. And I, as soon as we get off, I'm going to text her with a suggestion as that for content for Pride Month. Oh um, my God. the official Shark Tank Twitter account. That would be um, amazing. That yeah, would be Yeah, that so would good. be, yeah. Um, wow. And then obviously, you know, with proper credit applied, or maybe you can make I it and make like it we and can get the, it. we can get the Shark Tank account to retweet it. Yeah. yeah. I'll talk to, I'll talk to this yeah. person about about that. Mr. Um, Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. I have to say, like, I watched Shark Tank with this person uh-huh. recently because um, because uh, they have to, like, watch the episodes in advance to, like, draft content for the yeah. Twitter. And um, it is... Absolutely, it is an absolutely wild show. Like I haven't watched it in years. It's crazy. Yeah. And like there was this guy on an episode recently named Tomo who was like made a made um cat. He used to work for Vogue. He's British. He has like three children with this woman. They live in New York City. Um, he made like paint ketchup and like for kids to put on their food. Dude, um, okay, this is like the third fucking like ketchup invention because they also yes. had one that they I think invested in that looked so nasty to me, which was like. Basically, we're slices of American cheese, but it would be ketchup and mustard. Disgusting. The idea, Absolutely and fucking then disgusting. Someone came on, it was called Slossa, and it was coleslaw and salsa mixed together. No, why is that a business? Just make that and give it to your friends. Like, that exactly, is not just a like whip that up in a bowl. Just You yeah. actually just pour two jars into it. That's not scalable. That's just pink salsa. Um, yeah. Yeah, but this guy named Tomo quit his job, like his high paying job at Vogue, to like develop this, uh, mm-hmm. develop this thing. And then. <laughs> This is the best part. He was like, yeah, well, actually, my wife uh, has long COVID and hasn't been out of bed in three years. So she had to move back to London to live with her friend was oh like God. the thing. And I was like, your wife just left you for her friend like, oh and left you with the children. Left um, you with, and you, you make cat. That seems like such a dad thing to do is like, well, I'm actually I am supporting my children by inventing a new type of condiment. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Like, I'm not like, actually going to no. have to parent right. them. Um, yes, what exactly. Do you mean? This is supporting. Right. Um, yeah, the whole thing, that one thing that really made us laugh is like, actually, and this product did look good because very rarely do you see a product and you're like, damn, but it was like a mango jelly. It sounded really good. And then Mr. Wonderful was like, well, listen, I used to run a jams and uh, jellies company. And then Damon, who's the creator of FUBU, uh, <laughs> which is a clothing brand, he yeah, said, yeah. how could such an evil man run a gym? <laughs> 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 I, feel like, I feel like it makes me like in a bad way, like a little bit like billionaire pilled just for like Mark Cuban. Cause I'm like, oh, Mark 100%. Cuban's suggestions. I am, I am usually like, yeah, that's true. And I feel like he's very wary to like get into like stuff that yes. like, you might get like might hurt someone. I mean, that's for yeah. like liability reasons, but my dad, like famously, like three years ago has like an iconic tweet where he was probably watching shark tank or something. Cause like, didn't Mark Cuban, like make a company where it's like, it's like all generic, like pharmaceuticals yeah. and yeah. it's all like cheap. My dad, like, I think when he did that, my dad like tweeted like Mark Cuban, like now that's a leader. <laughs> and <laughs> oh I was like, God. dad, you're being billionaire pilled right now. And yeah. it's one of the like classic, if you scroll back on my dad's Twitter account, it's one of the best classic Ricky. Let's tweets. retweet it. Maybe Shark Tank can retweet that too. Yes. Oh, I should tell them. Yeah, I should. Uh, I should tell that 
person to uh to retweet that on the Shark Tank account. I want to I want to run you through to to change topics. I want to run you through a kind of a saga I had last weekend. So last weekend was Memorial Day. Yes. A few weeks ago, you know, my brother was going to come up to town kind of after his birthday to celebrate it. Um, and the, the reason for that being that I, I kind of, I have a, a manual Google alert, meaning that I Google this once a month set okay. for Ludacris concert, Chicago. Okay. And lo and oh my gosh. Popped up. Yeah. Have you seen Ludacris live? Well, we'll get to that because. Okay. Okay. Barely is the, is the answer there because what happened was that he's touring with Janet Jackson. Why they're touring together. I don't really know. Um, and, and we kind of the thing is with Ludacris is that when you look at this concert date, because Janet Jackson obviously like is older, like she hasn't released a ton of new music recently. So this was probably like I don't think she tours that often. This was a this, this was a big deal. Yeah. Janet Jackson again. tour. Janet T- Jackson tour is a very big deal. Yeah. But Ludacris, when you look at his dates, um, because, you know, when we get into it, we ended up wanting to perhaps relive this experience, have this okay. experience slightly different. He was touring like every single week, not just with this, but then in Cincinnati, he's going to be playing with Ashanti and Flo Rida. Yes. yes. Oh, trust he, me. I knew that was happening. Oh, yeah. And he's playing at the Ohio State Fair, all these things. My my theory with him is because his, I, I think that he, I, I bet his schedule is film Fast and Furious yeah. tour, film Fast and yes. Furious tour, and that's yes. his income stream. Yeah. But anyway, so we, I buy the tickets and then we realize that it's in a suburb of Illinois called Tinley Park, which is oh, about 50 not, minutes oh, away. Oh, not Tinley Park. Not yeah. Tinley Park. You got scammed into going to a Tinley Park concert. It I has know. happened to the best of us. It, it happened. And I, and I looked and I was like, oh, maybe that, there's transit. No, absolutely not. No, Tinley Park is a they're keeping out us. hall. They're, yes. they're keeping out us Chicagoans. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it was crazy, and it's a, a the Credit Union One Amphitheater, which you oh, know yeah. the amphitheater has the name of a bank. Yeah, there's going to be some issues there. Um, so we um then go to uh, we're we're like okay, like my friend finds because we go with a lot of friends. She finds this bar that is offering shuttles called Reggie's. It's it's in like Chinatown. So we go, we're enjoying Reggie's, and then th- there's going to be a shuttle. There's going to be a free shuttle to Janet Jackson. Um, so we we get there, we go on the shuttle, and you know when you picture a shuttle, you picture like like a commercial bus, right? This is a school bus. Yeah, the classic. The class. Yeah, we get on a school bus, and it's us. And this is the demographic that I imagined for Janet Jackson: ninety percent white women between the ages of fifty and sixty-five. Wait, that's shocking. I was going to say it was going to be like like black women between the ages of 50 and 65. Well, I guess that there were a lot of a lot of women in that demo, but on this bus, people coming from this bar to the it was it was mostly older white women. And then many of them were already drunk. They were like, "Play Janet, play Janet on the bus." There are these women standing outside. They are smoking a cigarette. And they're like, oh, we have to finish our cigarette before we get on the bus. They say, you can smoke it on the bus. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> say, God. You can smoke cigarettes or weed. So we, these women Obsessed. are sm- smoking cigarettes on the bus. They, um, they, we're, you know, moving along. You can buy beer and alcohol on the bus. None of this, I'm like, I'm guessing like almost none of this is legal, right? Like, Wait, you can buy beer or who is selling beer and just alcohol some girl, on the bus? Just some, oh, some yeah. Reggie's employee who's like walking up and down the aisle. The Reggie's um, bus. This so, is iconic they go and they're like we want a high noon any flavor but lime and then they bring back these high noon flavor or no any flavor but black cherry they bring back these high noons they're like um we don't really want lime or lemon so this woman has to come back and get them the the bus ride so actually getting there to within a street of the venue takes about 30 minutes now we were stuck in traffic until 8 p.m we probably got to this area until uh at 7 15. So we were stuck here. Stuff was crawling along. It was like you could get out and walk faster, which eventually we did. Um, and these women said, so when you're smoking a cigarette on the bus and the windows are open, it's like, fine, whatever. These women are chain smoking once we come to a standstill stop in no. the bus. And you can imagine what that feels oh, like. Oh, my God. And then oh my God. they've each probably drank in about four White Claws at this point. Or, or oh, high so news. shit's nasty, yeah. And this one woman is like, can I get out to pee? 
And the bus driver says, yes. So she gets out to pee and we're like, mind you, like we're on a road and then there's like a field there, but then there's like trees in the background. So she could have gone to the trees. She just squats (laughs) down, pussy out and starts to pee. (laughs) (laughs) It's full pussy out in view. And mind you, she's not the only person. There are other people on our bus like following suit of her. Um, Oh my God. It was crazy. And we're barely, we're barely walking along. And at a certain point, concert was supposed to start at 745. At like 7.55, I'm like, let's just walk. At this point, it's closer to, to walk yeah. and be on the bus. Now we're walking. It's me. My brother's friend came up and then um, like Meg and a lot of our friends and my brother. Me and my brother are the, are the ludicrous stands here. Yes, we're we're the ludicrous yeah. fans. I hear, I hear a, a, a burst of, of applause from the stadium. We're like, no. oh no, ludicrous. Because of course we're thinking this concert won't start on time. Like most concerts don't start on right. time. Not in Tinley Park. Not in Tinley Park, bitch. Yeah. It started yeah. straight at 745. So we run in when we, another reason why this amphitheater is crazy. They said online that you could bring bags. But in front of me in security are a woman who has a backpack. And they're like, um, that backpack's too big. And she's like, well, we didn't drive. What am I supposed to do with it? And he was like, well, some people have been hiding them in the bushes. Oh, my God. And it's like, okay. But we get in. I can hear ludicrous. I hear the strains of move, bitch, get out the way. And then right as we find our, like, little seats on this lawn and sit down, he says, shy town, I love you. And the stage no. goes down. The one song we, we heard was um, Get Back. Uh, and he had, like, a big, big arms on. Oh, all my At the God. end of Tropic Thunder, all of Tom oh, Cruise's character. Oh, my God. So, and then... Uh, you know, it's fine. Like, I am really bummed. But the other thing was they enter, enter in not until a third of the way through the concert. Janet Jackson, it was like if someone was playing her on a speaker 50 yeah. feet away. The yeah. noise was so low. The, and yeah. then, so finally, they turned the volume up. It was going crazy. And here's the thing. People were coming into the venue up until probably halfway through her set. And as soon as people started, stopped coming in, people started leaving, packing up their stuff and leaving to beat the traffic. Oh my god. Um finally the show is over. We leave um and but I get back on the bus and those women are there and they're You got eyes, back on that bus? Because we didn't have anything else to do. It's like a it would be like a $70 Uber and it was way faster on the way back, I will say. Wait. Um, wait. Was where was Reggie's? It's like in it's off of the Surmac stop. Okay. Okay. So it's and then we were like we can take the the train back from there. But, okay, um, cool. Okay. But I get back on and I'm not going to look, I'm not going to cut corners. These women's eyes, they were asleep on there. I don't know how they found their way back to the bus. Their (laughs) eyes were so puffed over. They looked like little butts or little vaginas. Oh my God. It was like, it was like red. Like I was like, I don't know how these women could smoke this much weed or drink (laughs) this much alcohol during this time. We get back, needless to say, I mean, Janet Jackson was amazing. But, yes. you know, for us, we did come for Ludacris, unfortunately. And yeah. luckily, we have a lot of other opportunities to see him. Then the other night, we're playing we're playing some games online. And my friend Rebecca, who's there with us, starts laughing and is like, oh, my God. And I'm like, what? And she was like, WGN, which is a Chicago station, yeah. posted an article uh, talking about how late everyone was to this concert because it was like traffic was standstill. And, you know, I didn't, and guess what? We weren't eligible for a refund because we got there before Janet Jackson started playing. No. But they're offering refunds to anyone who got there after. But Can't you lie? Well, I guess I, they know when your ticket They know when your ticket, yeah. yeah. And, and I kind of felt bad because I, then they were like, I emailed them and they were like, we'll have a customer service person call you. And I'm not really going to fight too hard on a refund because I was oh. just kind of seeing if they would let me. And then I'm, she called ever me Ever since I like, got no. forcibly deposited in Phoenix a few months ago, oh, I yeah. am the queen of fighting for a refund. Fund. I'm yes. not getting off the phone until you give me a refund. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's that's it. And and it, apparently this was the biggest shit show, and which made me feel better because it was not just us who it wasn't yeah. like we had poor planning to to get there. It was it was yeah. the concert venue itself. Like they had like cops, like and the, the cops like didn't get into the like the cop cars were like holding it up and like didn't get into the venue until like 740. So of course that traffic was terrible. Right. Um yeah. yeah, I um I saw Ludacris about ten years ago. Oh my um, gosh! When I was like in early high school, and uh, it was really fucking good. He's like the kind of like rapper who it's just like a bunch of dudes standing on stage. There was just one guy, and I was like, I don't know who this is. Like, yeah, I guess it's, it's just, just like his, his like friend. Yeah, yeah, it's like his friend or like some kind of like MC. Yeah, I'm all about it. He's um Ludacris 
is um, one of the artists of our generation. Speaking of which, have you seen Fast 10 yet? No, I want to, but I kind of want I want to see it in 40X. Oh, I can't I, do I just 40X. see a funny TikTok of people going to um, Little Mermaid, the new Little Mermaid in 40X, and no. they said we were falling out of our seats. Like, yeah. the 40X was <laughs> out. I'm like, what could possibly be? Because we saw... Um, and it wasn't very good, but we saw the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey in 40X, which was yeah. not good. A lot of the features were not working. I'm like, what in The Little Mermaid could make it so, like, what type of violent things could you have you in The Little Mermaid? You get fucked by Flounder. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> you get run trained by Flounder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I um, I can't see 40X because I, I think I would get too motion sick. Like, I think, like, and, like, my thing with a movie is I want to lay back on the recliner and eat my popcorn and eat my gummies and just like vibe. Like I don't right. want to feel actively a part of it. Right. You um, don't want to feel like you're in the movie. Right. Like I want to be able to get up and go to the bathroom without being worried that I'm going to get like smacked on the back by my own chair. Yeah. I have a confession, which is that as much as I love Ludacris, um, I have not seen any of the movies that he's in of the Fast and Furious. But my brother kind of said that basically the the dynamic is that he'll be like, we have to hack, you know, into blah, blah, blah. And then Tyrese will be like, um, English, please. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kind of yeah. The two of them, like, finally in this movie. Yes. Um, no, they get into a physical altercation at the behest of Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson uh, Pete, is in it. Pete Davidson makes a cameo as like the... Um, as the owner of like an internet cafe that they go to Mm -hmm. and like Pete Davidson, it's like this movie really is fully incomprehensible, especially like you honestly should not go see it. If you haven't seen all of the prior movies, because they do no work to, uh, try to make it make sense if you right. haven't seen like every single they're, like, cast spies, movie. basically right oh yeah they've been spies for like five movies now but like the um like there's a lot of like retcon of previous movies and like clips of previous movies played and if you don't like understand what's happening the timeline of the movie and like why people are doing certain things like yeah they do no work to try to make it make sense like there is like you have to be fully like it's like basically opens like in media res. Like they are just like, oh, like we're still doing this. And you're like, and like Rita Moreno randomly like joins <laughs> the cast as like Abuelita. And like Is she Vin Diesel's grandma? Yeah. And they act like she's been in the movie the whole time. Like those yeah. movies are like the king of like gaslighting and well, being because like, there's not one but two separate instances where a character dies and then comes back to life. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to it's like clearly happening again. Like yeah. nobody like the you cannot like the stakes are so low now because you're like nobody actually really dies and it's like vin diesel will literally like drop out of a plane like bareback and like i fucking saw a clip because i was like oh let's like watch like top like uh what's his name like tej tej is his name it, like his character's name like top tej moments in fast and furious um and we did and one of them was just and i have no idea how they would resolve this them driving their cars out of a plane oh yeah that's, that's happened multiple times yeah. now because i that's know happened multiple times. in the last one so i'm like yes. what can they possibly do the to top that in in this, yes. in this one like now them like after they dropped the cars out of a plane the first time then that's happened in like every subsequent <laughs> movie they're like this is part of something that works now they're like right. don't they're question like, it yeah they're like we've we've kind of um we've we've gotten we've gotten better at it like it's not dangerous for us anymore exactly they're like this is just normal for us this is an everyday occurrence like us dropping out of a plane um it's very funny and this one john cena uh stores what is packaged as a canoe in the um in the base of a passenger airplane and then like goes down there and um like unwraps it and turns out it's like a mini plane and him and Vin <laughs> Diesel's son get in it. Vin Diesel and, has like, a son, him and yes. uh, Michelle Rodriguez's son. Yeah, little B. It's not <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez's son. Oh. Who did yes. he sleep with? There's a whole she, it's, she it's impossible to it's yeah. yeah, it's impossible to like describe. Uh and he he literally like opens the door of the plane and drops this like tiny plane out of it. And and he Plain for baby. fuel yes for fuel he uses um like airplane vodka bottles 
Oh my God. He's like, we need combustion. Yeah. It's like crazy. And that's like one of the most normal things that happens in the movie. I think at a certain point, we're going to get to the level where like Fast and Furious, like someone's like a scientist is watching it and they do something where it's like, like that, like where it's like you have airplane full that's a vodka and a scientist is like, wait a minute, that could work. And Fast and yeah. Furious is going to end up like inventing a, a new technology somehow. Right, exactly. It will solve the, the climate crisis. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about this book because I, I don't know if my brain is like totally just fried from the combination of school ending and like being at work, but I need somebody to just mansplain. I need somebody to mansplain this book to me um, because I just fully, I felt like I was missing pages. I know that that's the, and to be, to be clear. magical realism. Yes. To be clear, that is the intention. It is a good book for all intents and purposes. It just did not work for me yeah. at the current place where my brain is. That's that's um, fair. Yeah. So this book, we're reading um, Imaginary Girls. The reason I know this book and like some of the books that I'll pick for the podcast, like The List, which was the one about where they're like the top prettiest and top ugliest girls in every grade. Yes. Um, the These are books that were very present at my YA library. So I'm not sure. I know that at least one other friend, my friend Eleanor, had talked about this book. So I know people did read it. Yes. Um, the cover, there were a lot yeah. of reviews for it online okay like a lot of people have read this book there was like it was like something it had like five thousand good oh, wow. reviews yeah this is like the the kind of vibe of this book is a little bit like uh we were liars but like yes be- better probably yes definitely um, better. better yeah um uh, no offense elockhart but um full offense elockhart <laughs> the cover is very iconic it's like a girl like in a swimming pool on her side and she's in a white dress with red hair and she has like a red ribbon so this book is, and I'm going to preface this by saying for all my, um, I mean, I, I'm sure we have people similar to our backgrounds where you have a degree in creative li- writing or literature. This, she gave, she wrote this book in, or at least started it in an Amy Bender workshop. So if you know Amy Bender, she's like very kind of the queen of magical realism. And this book very much, you know, follows that. I, to start off, loved this book. I'm a huge fan of Megan Abbott, and this book gave me very, like, Megan yeah. Abbott, like, Dare Me vibes. Yes. Um, it's about this girl named Chloe. We start off the book, and they're in this town with this huge reservoir. Um, and people swim in this re- re- reservoir. They have a party, and she has this older sister who's significantly older than her by She's five and a half years, years old. Five and a half her, years yeah. older than her. Um, and half siblings, their mom is really not present. So this, this older sister, Ruby has taken care of Chloe. They start off at this party and Ruby, who is always kind of hyping Chloe up is like, I, I think Chloe can swim across the reservoir. Mm -hmm. So Chloe goes and starts to swim across the reservoir. Um, and she comes across this rowboat and there's a girl in it, a dead girl, London, who was a girl in her class. Um, so London is in this boat dead. And then basically what happens is we switch and Chloe has, because of this, left town and goes to move in with her dad in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, Ruby comes back and is like, hey, you, sh- you need to come back now. Like, come live with me. And she's like, okay. And she gets back and London is alive. So this book is kind of unraveling that. What happened? The What we eventually learn is that there is, well, actually we go through it because I feel like we might have to go through this step by step. Yeah, I feel like, like, let's, um, let's circle back for a minute. Yeah. And talk just more generally about the genre because you said something yeah. that just sort of piqued my interest, which is that like you, like, this is like a big place where I feel like our tastes diverge, where yeah. you really like these like Megan Abbott sort yeah. of more like prose poetry leaning books Mm -hmm. and this was just never something that i was into which is interesting because we both like ton of french and we both like secret history and i feel like this is an offshoot of that genre but maybe it's not yeah i think there's something about some of these like YA like prose poetry books that just don't like it's never been in my nature to like to, um, like, indulge somebody's, like, metaphorisms, if that makes sense. Like, I just don't, it's like, for whatever reason, I just don't like it. Even when I was, like, a child, like, Mm -hmm. when we would, like, read these types of books, like, 
in like story time and stuff. Like I just don't, there's something about it that I don't like. And I, I just am wondering, I, it's yeah. just curious to me that our teams well, diverge in that way. It's interesting because this book is magical realism. And I, and I, I talked about liking Amy Bender and I'm more into, I would say she's like retold fables, which is not a genre I'm usually in, into, but she, I've read a lot of her short stories and for a short story that works a lot better for me. Uh, it's interesting because Megan Abbott, I would say, is not really, there's no, it's like broody, but there's no like magical realism elements there. Um, but it is like kind of, it. it's not necessarily the magical realism. It's more so like the prose poetry. Yes, exactly. And, and that's something I enjoy because I get fed up um, with a lot of these YA books that spell things out too much for you. And this is my big John, my big issue with thrillers as a genre is it's like, yeah, people, I think, read it for the plot, but the prose of itself is really not good. So this is something that I I really enjoy, try to emulate in my own writing. And I love the kind of, because this book is is confusing. Yeah. But it's confusing, not on a plot level. Yeah. Because you can kind of lean into this, 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 it's described as paranormal, but I would not call this paranormal. No, at all. I, I saw a lot of like, cause after I finished it, I wanted to see what people thought about it. And I, yeah. so I read a lot of Goodreads reviews and there were a lot that described it as like eerie and like disturbing. And I was How? like, that's not what I, yeah. I was like, what do you like? I don't think that that's a fair take at all. Like, how is a, how is this book disturbing? Like, it's yeah. not like there's like a threat of like, I don't know, like something bad happening. No, exactly. It's, it's more of like, like it's like a it's a domestic thriller and like that's a genre that I I like and I read within and a lot of Megan Abbott um, yeah. books are are based in um, it, it's and that's the thing too is like I think that's where when we talk about like a ton of French or ton of French all of her books are based on many of them I guess are based on police procedurals so yes. it's Dublin Murder Squad they are solving murders in Ireland but they're very. It's like a literary thriller, literary crime writing. Yeah. Similar with Megan Abbott. But I feel like where that can diverge is when we talk about like your current day thrillers, they're very much crime focused. I can also, when I like go on NetGalley and I request an ARC for a thriller, I cannot tell you how many fucking thrillers now have um, like podcasts in them. This yes. is insane to me. They all have true crime podcasts because yeah. these these they don't know how to operate without like, these major plot things. What I like about these books is that there are like, I guess like plot twists or whatever, but it's way more um, open. It's open to interpretation and it's not like, they're not as focused on the plot of it. The plot doesn't matter as much. It's the prose, Um, which, which I really like. Um, And this book in particular, it's, it really reminded me of Dare Me because the character is very much like this all Ruby, this all consuming like Mm -hmm. force in the town. Everyone loves her. And we learn even at the beginning that it's like she's almost magical in her manipulation of people. And that's, yes. I think, what grounds this book, because yeah. obviously there's stuff that happens that's unexplainable. But it could it could be explained by this main character kind of retreating into her own world and learning to deal with with essentially like what ends up being what what happens to her sister. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. There is it is like. It definitely is explainable in some ways by like shifts in per- perception because that was my first, you know, I didn't know anything about this book when I started reading yeah. it. I, I don't even think I read a summary of it. Um, when I first started reading it a few days ago, my guess was um, that they're like, you know, the the older sister is some kind of like alter ego, yeah. like she doesn't yeah. actually exist. Um and it's not necessarily that, but that's also like not too far off. Like that right. could be like you could something read it of as an interpretation. That. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that the title Imaginary Girls, like plural, um, makes it seem like they could, yeah. Exactly. Like it, it implies that, you know, um that that could be like a, a plausible interpretation of this book. Um, with all of that being said, I think we should go step by step through it. This is yeah. one of those where it's like, I guess, spoiler alert, because kind of part of the whole thing is, you know, it's unraveling this. But also this move this movie, this book came out like 13 years ago. So Yeah, so deal with it. So cope. 
Yeah. Cope um, haters. Yeah. Um, haters don't want you to talk about the plot of imaginary girls. No, they don't they want don't. you to talk about the plot of imaginary girls. Yeah, no, they don't want us to. They want us, they want to keep us down. And I'm saying haters, haters to the left. Be gone. It's Pride Month. Yeah, it's it's Pride Month. Yeah. The real haters are the homophobes. You um, need to calm down. Yeah. You're being too loud. <laughs> um, so when we uh, this girl London who dies is uh Chloe's age. She's in a lot of classes with her, and she's just like very like this goth brooding girl. Yes. Um and what but she happens, is blonde. Yeah. Yeah, she right? is blonde. Yeah. She's a goth blonde. I want to just make that note for representation. Well, she's like, sake, she's sometimes like from Yellow Jackets, I would say, kind it, of. Yeah. I mean, I don't have Yellow Jackets knowledge and experience, yeah. but um, I I just want to be clear that sometimes goth girls can be blonde. Yeah. Thank you. Thank and you. And that that is valid. That's valid for them. Um, so Chloe swims across this reservoir and she finds her in a boat and she finds her like slimy dead hand in this boat. Disgusting. And when she comes back, she's alive. And yeah, of course, because I'd read this a long time ago, but I didn't really remember what happened. The first thought there is like, is she a ghost? Yeah, but that everyone, was my... It, it, I was like, did Ruby die instead? And Ruby's a ghost. Did London die? And she, we know yeah. that London did die because their kind of deadbeat mom like sends Chloe a yes, care package. Yes, an obituary. And it includes an obituary. So we have yes. physical evidence that this girl did die. Um when they get back, no one seems to remember. Number one, they they remember they don't remember London dying, and they, what happened to London is she was like, "Well, I went to rehab, but I don't really remember it." Yeah, um, and then she's Ruby like, "I keep out. blacking out." Yeah, she keeps blacking out. Um, Ruby got me out of rehab. Oh, and what we haven't talked about too is a big like myth around this reservoir is that the reservoir was built on a town, and so this Olive. town called Olive. Olive, yeah, this town had. Uh, like it was like you know this whole land thing where they made all these towns evacuate and this was one town that they wouldn't evacuate and the legend is they just stayed down there yes um and that they um that they're still alive down there and they just like adapted like this is like the urban legend of the town and this was also used by ruby to like scare chloe into like doing like behaving basically being like oh they're gonna get you if you don't right yeah like they can see you yeah they can see you um so uh we get back london is there and yeah my first thought is like is anyone here a ghost no because they're all interacting with other people in the town yeah one of them being um her this guy she had a crush on owen who's like the younger brother of ruby's like first boyfriend and ruby's whole thing too oh and here's the thing and i'm gonna sound crazy here it's obviously not their siblings right so this is not necessarily in a sexual way but if you took this book and you took it out of siblings, it's a very like queer, like psychosexual way sure. that Chloe looks at looks at Ruby because it's yes. constantly talking about Ruby's boyfriends. Right. Um, yeah, you're right. When Ruby brings her back to the house after this party, I thought this was very cool. So she's having this boy Jonah like build her a house. Yes. This is like her boyfriend. It's like an incomplete house. Like it's like like a house under construction. I thought this was very cool. Yeah. The idea of this. And she's built it so close to the river, but she's, or the reservoir. And she's like, you're, she's like, even though you like to swim, like you're not allowed to go into the reservoir. Yes. And yeah. when she gets to the house, her room is the only room that cannot see the view of the reservoir. Yes. Chloe's room. Yeah. Um, Something's happening in with that, that little, little, in that little man-made reservoir. lake. Yeah. yeah. So they are like, Chloe, and this is kind of what makes the book interesting, is Chloe is kind of like, well, she kind of like puts it aside because she kind of just believes Ruby's truth because Ruby's basically like, what do you mean? Like, right. You know, she's been she's here. like, yeah. She's not really addressing what, what clearly happened, which was that this girl was brought back to life. So yeah. she finally like talks with, like she notices that Ruby is like just way more protective of her and is like, oh, I'm setting a curfew, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she has a curfew all of a sudden, which never was yeah. a thing before. No. She, like you said, is not allowed to swim. She's being really aggressive about like the boys being near her. Yeah. Um, and things like that. Yeah. Exactly. And so when she talks to London, um, Chloe does, it's, it's like, well, Ruby was there when I got out of rehab, but I don't really remember it because I blacked out. Um, and then like, I feel like things take off pretty quickly, which is that we basically learned that Ruby has some sort of magical power and Ruby basically straight up admits that she brought, she somehow brought London back to life. And then she's like, I had to take it back after like what I did to her. And so we're like, wait, what did she do to her? Like, did she kill her? Blah, blah, blah. Um, 
And we kind of see, and this is something that I like, the unraveling of Ruby's power. So basically, at one point, Chloe and London, like, go to this party and they leave the town line and mm-hmm. London disappears from the car. And, like, no one else yeah. realizes it. They're like, what do you mean? London can't leave this town. Um, like, it's, it's that's, like, confusing. And Ruby is basically, like, starting to, like, unravel more and be like, I'm so tired. Like, I have to do everything in this town. Yes. I want someone to do something for me for once. Right. Um, There's kind of an interesting point where she, and it is like a little manic pixie dream girl, but she like has all these red balloons and she releases them into the sky and it'll be with these little like missives on them. And it'll be like, get a tattoo for me. Like, don't wear that dress again. Like, I want it. And like, people start doing these things for her, right? Like she gets pulled over by a cop and he has a tattoo of her. Um, And then the one that Chloe finds, it's like, try it as hard as you can to make me cry. Yes. There's one, um, there's something too that, it, that happens when Chloe, like, so Chloe goes away and lives with her dad for two years mm-hmm. and sort of the whole, like, the whole, um, thing is that like, uh, Ruby like doesn't call her. She only texts yeah. her during that period. That made me think ghost to be honest. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, oh, she that can't use ghost. the phone. Yeah. That's a ghost. That gives ghost because as like sort of famously ghosts can text, but they can't call. Right. Like, they have the energy to like go tip 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 in like a in a phone, but they can't uh, yeah. call. What is a Ouija would, board if not you know real life texting? Texting exactly. Um, and a Ouija board is famously real life and does work. Honey, you um, haven't lived till you've been ghosted by a ghost. Okay. <laughs> um, but one of the things that sort of tipped me off into something was like, which is why I thought Ruby was a ghost. One of the reasons was that when uh, when what is the now I'm blanking on the main sister's name. Ruby. Chloe. When Chloe comes oh, back yeah, Chloe, yeah. Um, into town, she says, like, oh, um, it's so weird that, like, because they don't live far outside of New York City. And she's like, it's so weird that, like, Ruby didn't move to the city. Like, right, I thought yeah. she would, like, move there. Like, why is she still here? Yeah, because it's um, kind of, like, not a, it's not an, it's very small. It's, like, spread yes. out and weird. Like, it, she yeah. doesn't, they don't like it there. Like, yes, like, it's, like, a weird small town. Yeah. Yeah, so um, they, like, and the other thing in the town is that even though she's back in town, they do not see her mom. So yes. the only time that she sees her mom is when um, she, uh, like, at one point she sees her mom in this bar. Mm. And her mom talks to her, and her mom's kind of drunk, and she's like, are you even going to be able to remember this? Like, you're too drunk. Because all her memories of her mom are, like, her mom was barely there, and it was all, like, her mom, like, passed out drunk, falling asleep. Um, her dad, they have separate dads, and, like, Chloe's dad is, like, not interested in in her at all. Like, Mm-mm. they have not talked. Um, oh, and the other thing, I think, is when they're, she basically has, like, a coming of age in this other time where she, like, loses her virginity. She is growing, and she, like, looks more like Ruby than ever. Right. And the mom is, like, She's like, are you going to remember anything? And the mom's like, I remember everything. And then she was like, do you remember that obituary you sent me? Because anytime she brings up London to anyone else in the town, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, you know, she went away for a little bit, but she's here. And the mom is like, she lets me remember as like, uh, like a revenge. Like she lets me remember what happened. And so we know that Ruby has this magical power, basically. What eventually happens, what we learn at the end is that what had happened first is that Chloe when Ruby dared her to swim across this reservoir, had drowned. And she had been pulled down by um, the people of Olive. Yeah, the ghost the ghost yeah. people who live at the bottom. Well, they're not ghosts, the fish people. The fish people. Uh, the aquamen who live at the bottom of the, the reservoir who have gills and fins. Yeah, the Jason Momoas. Um, which, honey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being pulled down. You know what I'm saying? I know. Yeah, honey. Especially if that was what I was waiting for me at the bottom. Let me, let me go. Don't switch me out with this other girl. No. And so that's what Ruby does is she switches her out with, with London. And so London dies instead of Chloe. And that's why Chloe moves away to like Ruby is kind of like, you have to move away. And eventually what happens is Ruby makes it safe for Chloe to come back by reversing London's death. And then, but London still has to go down and visit these people. Mm-hmm. At the end, what happens is Ruby gives herself up and Ruby's like, I'll go down there instead of you. And because they look more alike than ever and they like yeah. switch swimsuits and like, so they think they think she's her. And we end with Chloe kind of being like, she goes to visit like the reservoir and she's like, sometimes I can like hear her splash. And like, she's just like waiting for her to come back. Cause she's like, I know she will. Like she's Ruby. Right. Like, you know, she, she'll find a way. Um, 
So I think that's interesting too, because like a lot of this can't be explained, but I think you could read a lot of this as her essentially being in like a purgatory state. I think a lot of it is, I think it, I think that's one good interpretation. I also think, and also like, obviously there are a million valid interpretations of a book like this. My interpretation as I was reading it and now, especially as we've talked it through is that um, it is sort of, conjured in the brain um by chloe as a way to deal with like the death of this like manipulative person right yeah Um, like this all-encompassing sort of like all-powerful person who totally formed her psyche to the point where it was like hard for her to separate who she was and who ruby was and all of these things and that you know this person died in this person drowned or died in some mm-hmm. way and that this is you know the narrative because of like the person who manipulated her so much and sort of formed her psyche like that's her way of sort of narrativizing the whole thing is that somehow it was like she was doing magic the magic was just you know manipulation right. and, and that's a lot like, of what her magic is like she's always been able to get these boys around town to do anything for her they tell right. an anecdote where she like is like oh i want cheesecake and this boy's like well i have to work in the morning and she's like but i really want cheesecake and so he drives into new york city to get her cheesecake and comes back right um there's a point where this guy jonah breaks up with her or because like they have a fight about how so- something like and uh she's like um, because basically he kind of disses her or no, he just asks, he's like, well, why they try they, the reservoir floods up. And she's like, I got to leave. And he's like, but it didn't touch our house. Like, why do you have to leave? And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to break up with you. And here, you know, I don't even want to say these reasons from my sister. And he's like, he's like, but I thought you loved me. And she's like, what ever made you think that I loved you? So she's like mm-hmm. that type of manipulative person. Yes. They mention yeah. how like, she like goes to work. Like she has like this job and like, she barely shows up, but she still gets paid. And like, right. She doesn't do her full shift. Like she's just like the definition of like dark ma- manic pixie dream girl. Yes. There's yeah. something too in the beginning that they talk about how like she wears this very specific lipstick color Mine. and then like the people, yeah. yes, the people, at the like makeup store in the town, like keep it behind the counter so that nobody can buy it except for her. Yeah, like, exactly. She's just like a heavily manipulative person, and it can all be sort of explained away yeah. by that sort of um, that sort of logic, which is what's very interesting about it. I just like, and this is just a personal preference mm-hmm. because the writing is very good, and it's you know. For a book it's that could be become, for everyone, though, for, no, sh- for sure, yeah. The for a book that could become very overwrought and annoying, it really doesn't. My one personal issue is I don't like when I'm reading, and maybe it's because I spend so much fucking time like reading for work and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like when I'm reading and all of a sudden like, and it it is like a mark of like prose poetry where mm-hmm. it, it slips into like refrains and it starts to repeat some of the same words and phrases and even situations over and over again Yeah, because it makes me feel and once again this is clearly the intention Mm -hmm. of the text but it makes me feel like like, a dream dream like yes I think yeah it makes me feel like I am not reading it correctly yeah yeah and it starts to confuse me especially when I read it over a few days and like not all in one sitting and I put it down and pick it back up I'm like did the kindle like switch where my page was right did it do this did it do that like I'm like I don't it's it's hard this book is kind of too long in my opinion to be doing that like if it was more like novella length but this book is nearly like 400 pages or something like it is a yeah. long book which is interesting because i remember it being very skinny when i picked it up from the library but i was like oh this is way longer than than i thought it was i think what's interesting is like we talk about how all these people in the town are kind of manipulated by her and she everyone in town like emulates her um, like and all these girls like where you know she only wears like boots and like slip dresses so like you yeah know, everyone emulates that and it's interesting because Chloe's like, why didn't she move to New York City? I mean, the the paranormal, you know, or magic thing there is like, well, she had to like fix this and she wants Chloe to come back to this town. But I think the other thing is like, she knows she has power here. She probably exactly. wouldn't have that. So I think that's also like, right. an, uh, like uh, uh, you could read that like as like real of her being like, I'm very popular in this town. What's going to, like an identity crisis, basically. Like, who am I without this town? Because here, all these people love me, but if I go somewhere else, they 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 might not. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, 
I, I really liked this book. I think there's a lot of ways to read it. The character of London is interesting too, because, oh, oh well, the, the other thing that happens is at the end, and this is kind of like a big breaking point, is like Owen and um, Chloe hook up and then he kind of like ignores her a little bit. Yeah. Um, even though she had like liked him this whole time. And Ruby was always like, it's interesting because like Ruby will tell Chloe things of like, you think this, you think this. And then eventually she's like, well, maybe I do think this. Like she got back into town. He, she was like, oh, he's a loser. Like he just like wakes and bakes all day. Like, right. And she's like, well, maybe he is. Kind of like those girls on the Janet Jackson bus. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like those women on the Janet Jackson absolutely bus. Absolutely wrecked. Yeah. Oh my in God. In the fields of Tinley Park, having to commute all the way back to Chicago. God is, God is so vengeful. Yeah. God is so vengeful. I cannot imagine. Sorry. I just now I'm like, my body is in a place of being on a school bus in Tinley Park while fucked up out of my mind. Yeah. And just like, yeah. That would literally kill me. Like, I think I would never get off the bus. It would be a an imaginary girl's situation where somebody would have to, like, revive me and send me away for life. By the way, too, um, on the way back, I forgot to say this, on my bus, and I was okay with this because I had, like, <laughs> like taken a little bit of an edible, and I was kind okay. of just in, like, a calm state, which yeah. was good. Yes. Everyone was like, play Ludacris. We missed Luda. And so he blasted Ludacris on the way back, which I was oh fine God. with. Because yeah, I that's was like, fun. Like, you're yeah. just, like, kind of, like, vibing in the seat yeah. a little bit. But we had to split up. So I, me and my friend Laura were on this bus, but then everyone else was on the other bus. And when Clark and May got off, number one, May had to sit right above, like, the hump of the, the oh, like, thing. And someone oh. was like, you're skinny enough. You can do it. Like, some random person. <laughs> and she was like, okay. Um, and then Clark uh, was right above the speaker. And what the guy on the way back played was Corn. Oh, my God. For their oh, bus, they played no, no, <laughs> the whole no. time. And that Clark, is so Clark dark. was like, I had like ear, he said like he had like earwax on his fingers because he was like plugging his ear so hard because it was so oh, loud. My God, that yeah. is so miserable. Yeah. Um, oh my God. That is, that to me would be my imaginary girl's situation where I would die and they would have to yeah. uh, take care of me in some way. Yeah, they would bring you back via, via the sweet strains of, of Luda uh, after you've been killed by the, the sound of corn. Um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that part, I was like, I'm vibing with this. Like if yeah. I was not high, I would have been like, I want to go home. I want to sleep. But I was just like, yeah. my phone was almost dead. So I like, couldn't look at it at all. And I was like, great. Like, oh, okay. So you were like, just I'm just, I'm a part of this, this experience now. Yeah. yeah I can really listen is- to the, the lyrics of roll out my business. And I was yeah. like, oh, I can really focus on like what's happening here. Yeah you were on sort of like a, a literary magical realism journey yes. yourself, like yeah. really getting into the, the lyrics, thinking about what they mean. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have a problem where once it hits like 10 PM, I just absolutely have to be home. Like yeah. there's just no, especially because like I get up so early. Like for me, that is 10 PM is, Oh, I don't know. Like, 16 hours into my day at that point like it's like I'm ready to be I need to have the covers pulled over I need silence I also think that like recently like I was at have you been to Somerset in downtown Cincinnati no it's a new ish bar it's a it's the cocktails are good but the vibe is very weird I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been there Mm -hmm. I went there on my first day of work with um like my best friend in the program and him and I went to go sit. They have this like huge yard with like all kinds of like weird little Mm -hmm. places to sit. And one of them is like an old bus. Mm -hmm. Speaking of buses. Oh my God. This is also bus related trauma. And he hadn't gotten there yet. And I was going to like get in the bus and I sat there for a minute. And then I was like, oh, I should get out of the bus. So like when he comes outside, he can see me. Mm -hmm. So I went to go get out of the bus and I banged my head on the, uh, like getting out of the bus. And I think that I, gave myself like a light concussion because like for a few days afterwards, like I was having a really hard time, like listening to anything and it was like my head hurt and shit. And so like for the last, like, and so I've been trying to take it easy. Um, these last Which couple weeks. Book, that like, makes sense if it was confusing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I literally think I'm having, I literally think that I am having like concussion brain right yeah. now. Like I'm like working my way out of, and like, obviously like it's fine. Like PBI, I've been, you know, yeah. limiting my, my blue light exposure. I like haven't been like listening to podcasts like mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I've been like trying to like keep my brain good and I can feel myself getting better. But part of it I think is like concussion brain because when I'm in, like, because this is, like, the second time I think I've had, like, mm-hmm. a light concussion. Um, 
when I am in concussion brain, I go to a place of like, when something confuses me, it makes me angry. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm so annoyed. I can't deal with this anymore. Like overstimulation is like a place of anger. So um, guys, I apologize that you're listening. This is, this is me on concussion brain. That's you on concussion Uh, brain. Exactly. It's it's Uh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, in this book, it is, I I would really recommend people read it. I'm going to read some of these, this author's other books because I loved this so much. Um, it's just really good. And like the, there's so many like little like anecdotes and, and parts that we're not talking about. Cause they're just kind of like world world building kind of. Yeah. But I, I mean, I really liked it's like, cause of course, post twilight, YA fiction kind of devolved into dystopia and paranormal sure. being the two main things. And yeah. again, like this was classified as paranormal, but it's really not. And like, you could yeah, read it's all really, of this as these girls just drowning. Right. Yes, like, yes. It's so interesting to me. Yeah, I just don't, like, that's the thing is sometimes, it's also concussion brain, maybe, is sometimes I read some of these, like, you know, because there's so many folks who, like, in, you know, like, the I have a NetGalley password community who, like, get, you know, NetGalleys in exchange for, like, being, like, prominent um, Goodreads reviewers who then, like, review all of these books. And sometimes I'm just, like, shocked at what it is that people write. Like, the fact that somebody was, like, this book was eerie and disturbing. I was, was like, that a positive review or a... It was, like, a positive review, but I'm, like, the word disturbing is, like, that would be, like, the word disturbing to me would categorize, like, some of the books that we read where, like, somebody is just, like, abused for the entire right. book and then dies. It's not disturbing you know what I mean? at all. Eer- maybe no. eerie a little bit, like, kind of, like, a moody... Sure, setting, but, but definitely you wouldn't be not. afraid to go to bed after reading this <laughs> no. book. You wouldn't be like the river people are coming to get right, me. The, like the gill people. Yeah. Yes. Like sometimes I read like it's like, should everyone have access to Goodreads? No. Honestly, probably not. Like it's kind of like Twitter where I'm like, you should have to like do some sort of like logic test um in order to like interact with certain content because I just yeah. am like, it's like what like Probably Goodreads people are, like, addicted also to, like, putting, like, GIFs in their, yes, in their reviews. And yes. they'll be like, what? Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then the river people get her. O-M-G. O-M-G. <laughs> and it's like, or it's like, like, the GIF of, like, Michael Scott from The Office being like, what is happening? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah, like, yeah. it's like, I don't get it. I, I can't imagine the Goodreads influencer community. I, I imagine it's very akin to like book talk where they're like, Daisy Jones and the Six is a great book. Yeah. Um, a girl named Hoover. Daisy joins a band. Uh, okay. Here's okay. I need we to need go to on my to Colin Hoover because we have, I it. will know. And that's, that's not for young adults. That's for is like not? housewives. I thought it was like YA. Maybe it's not. It might be YA and it's like grammar and vocabulary, but yeah. it's certainly not YA and themes. Like those are speaking of books where it's like all about a woman like getting abused until she dies. Yeah. Like that's essentially like what those books are about um, from my understanding. I get so annoyed when I see like, it's like law school lets out for the year and suddenly every single like person is like now finally to my real passion reading and like posts on their Instagram story, them reading a Colleen Hoover book and I'm like, I just like, there's so many better things to read out there. Like right. Emma Klein just released a new book, guys. Like go read that. Like yeah. if you want to like interact with something. I just, the Colleen Hoover thing makes me really mad because it's like, what, like challenge yourself a little bit. Her, like, her book covers really remind me of the Big Little Lies woman. I forget her name, but uh, like yes. those ones where it's like. It's like, you can, I, I know Colleen Hoover is in Australia, but it's like, you can tell this book was written in Australia. Yeah, you're like, this is like some, you're like, like it what's took a wrong while here? for this book to get to the U.S. And that's why this cover looks the, the way it does, where it's like a yeah. flower losing petals. I don't know. Yes. Like, it's so generic. Like Right. It's just so like, the models of womanhood presented, like, in those books is just like, I, like, does this make you feel safe reading this? Like about a woman getting abused until she died because you're like, oh, that will never happen to me. But river like, people I regret- might happen to me. Exactly. River people, like this is one of those things though that this book does, that Imaginary Girls does tack onto is the fear of uh, being like pulled down in a reservoir by river people. Like yeah. this is something I've gone through my entire life. My grandparents, when I was a kid, had a house on a reservoir in Colorado. We would always go swimming in it. 
Um, one time, like I was going water skiing and like, so like when you're water skiing, like your skis, like lay under you, like when you like Mm -hmm. sort of like jump in the water. And I always was like, they're going to grab my, like my water skis and like pull them off. And so I would like freak out when I had to get in the water, um, to water ski. And like my my, like parents and grandparents would get so mad at me because they were like, we rented this boat. Like you need to water ski. And I would be like, no, I'm so scared. Um, Because it was because the fear was not fish, but river people. Yeah. Well, last, last summer I went to, I think it's technically reservoir, Kentucky Lake. It's a man-made lake at the least, but it, I think it might be a reservoir, but that was very humbling to me was we went tubing and it was like my like little cousins who were like three and like five could like get up on this tube and I could not yeah. pull my body up onto this oh, tube. That's it was so, so hard. Um, but that you was You gotta also, do the flop where you flop on top of the tube. Yeah. Like yes, you jump yeah. in the water. And that's get on the, top that's of That's the it. classic, yeah. That's, I'll, I'm, I'll I'm experienced that in, in that area, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, something about, like, a man-made reservoir is that at this one, at least, we could see, like, a factory probably, like, yeah, that's you know, classic, like, 300 yeah. feet away. And it's like, okay, right. like, so we are, like, absorbing oil right now. And then yes, when you go 100%. on the beach, it was like, oh, why is there this bag of, like, frozen shrimp here, right? Like, it's, like, just a different oh, vibe. Boy. It was so warm oh. and weird. Oh. It was just, yeah. like, not, I don't know. Something about it is, like, just not as good. It was pretty, except for that there were these things that, like, in, like, our little, like, rental cabin thing. It was like, don't be afraid of the non-biting midges. Like, here's a picture of a non-biting midge. And not what is a midge? It's, like, a huge mosquito. And they don't bite. No. But, like, we got back the first night. Like, we had gone to, like our aunt's cabin and we got back and it was like um we had like left like the outside light on and it was just coated in these non-biting mitches they're like a cross between like a mosquito and a dragonfly looking and we had to run in and like we like like had to kill like a 50 of them because they followed us inside they invaded our property so um yeah it was it was crazy but yeah man-made like and but apparently like i i need to read more about this because she w- said that it, this was based on like a reservoir like in new york that like she knew about like a historical like historical facts surrounding this reservoir yeah. so maybe it was a thing where like this town was covered up and like if you went deep enough you could like essentially find artifacts of the town but that's classic like most reservoirs are that really? like the yeah. reservoir that my grandparents lived on was like the same thing. It was like, it, like they had like basically like eminent domain to the whole thing. And we're like, all right, like peace out everybody. Like yeah, we're flooding this bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like when the train horn blasts three times, y'all better run because yeah. the water is coming. And, and I, I, you don't look like you would survive as a river person. No, I don't think I would survive as a river person. I would love to be a river person. I would love to haunt, haunt lakes and rivers um around the continental u.s aquaman and, one of the least scary well that's is that the name of him like what's the name of the like universal monster it's not aquaman but it's like um the loch ness monster no no i know what you're talking about i know what you're talking yeah, about like me, um river man like like Yes, I can see it in my head. It's like a classic, like Scooby Swamp Monster. Yeah, Swamp Man, Gill Man. Yes, the, the creature is the official name of it. Yes, um, the creature thing yeah. from the swamp, swamp thing or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, where it's like he—that's just like one of the like least scary ones. And of course, like in Cincinnati, like our like urban legend that we have is Loveland Frogman, and it's like yes. that is also like not scary to me. Okay, to me that is scary. Yeah. Somebody man, associated with water is naturally scary to me. Because, like, because it's, it's like, how like do they the, do it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, the endless vastness. And and we don't know what's at the bottom of the ocean. We really and don't. So, that, we were talking a lot about cryptids, like, last weekend because my brother's kind of into it. And, like, yeah. that is the one thing. It's, like, while I would not be, like... Like, I don't think that's a paranormal thing. It's, like, that makes me think, like, with Bigfoot or whatever, I do think, like... And maybe this is naive, but I, I think it's totally possible that that's just, like, a type of animal that, like is, like, like is that we've never hiding. found. Well, because, like, we do have a lot of woodlands, and then when you think about the ocean, it's like, okay, like, we really don't know. That yeah, the ocean, anything. I yeah. believe in cryptids in the ocean 100%. Yeah. Like, because they're just, like, the anglerfish, you know what I mean? It's like, that implies the the existence of a lot of shit that does stuff like that that's even deeper. Yeah. Um, that's the that's what, um when we talk about um Little Mermaid 40X. Yes. That's what happens is you get pulled down by a river. You get like railed by an angler fish and you're like, oh, oh my God, please stop. Um, Speaking of 
cryptids. This has been <laughs> Girls Like Us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as always, you can find us on social media at Girls Like Us Show on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on Patreon for $5 a month at Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash girls like us show. We're telling And them. if you don't, the river people will know. Yeah. Um, and I don't next time, buy body water there. Yeah, yeah, they'll find you. They'll find if you. your yeah. windows are open and it rains outside, on, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're coming for you, babe. And and I can't, and I can't help you. Unless you pay your tidings. Um, <laughs> unless you pay your tidings to us. <laughs> yeah. Because we are the sort of the rubies of the, of the river yeah. people. Um, you can find our. Frog Sorority Sisters at frog.media slash podcast. And as always, our lovely producer is Camden Stacy, and our theme music is by the wickedly talented one and only Leggy. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, tithe or the river people will come for you. Goodbye. Bye.